This is j j Sports Nation with your boy Jay Will. Let's talk about the little news bits that's been going on here recently. Yeah, you probably say, man, you're a little bit late, but at the end of the day, guess what? I'm here. So at the end of the day, let's talk a little bit about the giant exodus. The New York Giants released earlier this week uh, the fact that they had traded Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints for a fourth-round pick in Damon Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions for a fifth-round pick. I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, when you start jettisoning good players, that usually kicks off the precursor to rebuilding your team. So, Odell Beckham, I didn't understand why you were ticked off, but I do now. So, at the end of the day, he got paid, but it's kind of like he got left holding a bag. So, you know, by no means is the cupboard bare. You know, the receivers are there. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a great overall uh, offense, but you need a quarterback. Uh, Eli Manning has ran his course, and at this point in time, it's time to move on. And if I'm not mistaken, and I may be because I'm not perfect, Giants had an opportunity to, to get one of these nice quarterbacks with these other franchises. What I mean, they had a gunslinger uh, at their disposal, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they traded out um, when they could have, you know, uh, received the heir apparent to Eli Manning. But we want to talk about that a little bit in another segment to talk about when is it too late. Um, because when you talk about quarterback play, the question is, when is it too late? To the point where you're needing to draft the heir apparent because a lot of times most veteran quarterbacks who've been in the league, let's say 10 seasons or more, let's face it, they do get in their feelings. I mean, who wouldn't? You've been a face for a franchise for a decade and here is this young whippersnapper. I'm sorry, showing my age. You know, this young buck, showing my age. Uh, this, you know, this kid comes in and he's supposed to be replacing you. So guess what? How would you feel about that? Um, I, I believe, you know, anybody would have that type of right to be upset when, you know, hey, you, you're telling me, hey, it's time for you to get pack your stuff and go. And um, earlier in the offseason, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had an issue with, you know, uh, with uh, Randolph. And he's like, hey, man, I, I didn't draft me, you know. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, your coaching staff and the management draft me, you know. Hey, don't get mad at me about this. So, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, of course, Ben, Ben, Ben came back and said, hey, you know, we're, we're good. But you have to understand, you know, you can't play this game forever. So at the end, you know, at the end of the uh, end of the day, you have to understand that it's time. And you know, I hear it all the time uh, that it's so hard. It's incredibly difficult for pro athletes to hang it up because you've been surrounded by a culture for a decade of your life. And we understand that I believe it's twenty-one days uh, to form a habit. And if you've been doing something for a decade, that's definitely, definitely a hard pill to swallow when it's time to hang up the cleats. And I believe that a lot of the athletes know well before they retire when it's time to hang up the cleats. But, hey, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to be able to uh, enjoy the fruits of that labor. 
But, you know, at some point, you got to hang it up. So, Eli, I believe it's that time, brother. And I don't know if it's the the, the, the scheme or the scheme or the play, the offensive playbook or that particular scheme that he's not good in. But, man, I mean, it's it's bad. I, I got an opportunity to watch the uh, – it was the Giants against – I forgot which game it was. Anyway, the game I was watching, I mean, it was, you know, I felt bad. I felt bad for the team because it's like, hey, you got everything you need. You have a nice receiving core. You got Saquon Barkley. And it was a Monday night game, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, and and I, I know I have a segment I think I've mentioned previously about uh, talking about, you know, the ownership uh, of the NFL. I mean, you know, you have to understand at some point when it's time. And uh, they, you know, when you don't figure that time out, then that's when you get what you have now. And so now you have a situation where you're going to go through growing pains with a new quarterback. You know, and at the end of the day, if you drafted a quarterback, he's been a system, let's say, two or three years. But then again, you got to look at the system. You know, Giants been changing systems with the last two years or three years almost. And, you know, whether you're a veteran, uh, and, and matter of fact, you know, and then we'll just go over to his brother, Peyton, I mean, to Peyton Manning, when he went to Denver. Uh, you know, the old coordinator there was like, hey, you know, this is all on a run. But to a certain degree, it wasn't until that they changed office coordinators and he were able to, you know, change the concepts of that offense to fit Peyton Manning. And guess what? Won the Super Bowl. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what offensive scheme you're running. If it's not conducive to the quarterback that you're taking over or you're inheriting, you're going to need to make some adjustments. And I believe that's where the major coaches in the league make big money. Because if you're able to take a playbook that, hey, it's your own, don't get me wrong. But if you have a quarterback that doesn't fit, you know, Tim Tebow, shout out to Tim. But... Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow, when he's with Denver, you know, they had to change the offensive playbook. I think it was Mike McCoy, if I'm not mistaken. I may, may be wrong. But uh, it was the offensive coordinator, and he had to change how he changed, changed his playbook to fit um, Tim Tebow. So if you're able to do that, if you have the ability to do that, and, that's, and, and I would dare say you have the, if you can, So what I'm looking for, uh, if you can, you know, uh, you know, submit your ego and say, hey, yeah, it's a great offense. But guess what? My my offensive playbook is only be as good as the quarterback that drives it. So um, it's just a food for thought. So anyway, just, you know, the team is one and six. The Giants are one and six, you know, and just looking to unload big contracts and, you know, and get ready for the next season. That's, you know, it was a. Something I was looking at on uh, ESPN.com. And at the end of the day, that's what it looks like to me. You know, unloading big contracts so you can position yourself for next season. And, of course, no franchise in the right mind will say that they're you know, tanking the season to, to get a better draft pick. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to go out and win games. And for a guy like Odell Beckham, who, you know, who, is, who can't be vocal, and, yes, you have, you know, Mr. Mara that's saying, you know, hey, you know, you do more talking, you know, on the field, you know, and 
and then off the field, you know, it, of course, paraphrasing, it was something to that effect. But yeah, but at the end of the day, the guess what is this? You has a you have a quarterback that's not getting him the ball. You have a quarterback that frankly is past his prime, and you got to be able to fix that. You know, and yes, there are some loyalty aspects in that. You know, he's been with you. You won. You. Thank you for joining us here at JJ Sports Nation, where I'm your host Jay Wheel. We just talked a little bit about earlier about the news of the Giants' exodus of Eli Apple and Damon Harrison. Also talking about how the reaction of Odell Beckham was prior to all of this happening. But just like everybody else able to see it, he sees it as well. Why? Because he's, he's behind closed doors. He sees it on a day-to-day basis. So once again, Odell Beckham, keep your head up, bro. I already know that at the end of the day, um, you will have what you're looking for, and that's to be able to compete for championships. So at the end of the day, great player, got paid, but the quarterback position, it's not where it needs to be. So anyway, so another topic I want to talk a little bit about uh, also in the news was talk about Patrick Peterson demanding a trade from the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And me personally being a Bears fan, I'm like, hey, hello. Can somebody place a call to Mr. Peterson and have him come on down to uh, the Windy City? I would really like that. That would be really, really nice because at the end of the day, uh, when you look at what he brings to the table and what we don't have at the table at this point, uh, meaning that a true shutdown corner, a guy that can do pretty much everything, uh, that would be a welcome addition you know, to the Chicago Bears, to that secondary. Uh, because right now we're looking good on the front end. We're looking good at the linebacker core. We got pass rushers. But the safety play is pretty decent. It's pretty good. But the cornerback play, you know, it needs to be upgraded. And and at the end of the day, if you're truly trying to put together a Super Bowl winning team, uh, you want to have all phases, all phases good to go. So at the end of the day, calling Mr. Peterson, if you are interested in winning a Super Bowl, come to the Chicago Bears because they are putting things together. So, Mr. Mack would love to have you. I would love to have you. Heck, the whole city would love to have you. So, if you can hear this, if somebody know him and hear this, Chicago Bears. All right? So, but once again, at the end of the day, you know, Patrick Pete, hey, man, uh, you know, I know you just want to go out and compete for championships. You know, uh, my uh, hope and prayer is that you you get that opportunity, okay? Because I know where you're at. It's not where you want to be. So, all right, with that being said, um, I'm just going to really run through this a little bit. I talked about this. Well, it's, it's actually, it's been talked about at length, the uh, L.A.-Houston fight. Uh, at the end of the day, I just believe my, my two cents is this. The commissioner was very light on there, I believe. Uh, Brandon Ingram and uh, should have got about 10 games or so. Uh, everybody's pretty much staying the same. And I you know, pretty echo that because of the fact that, you know, you – Number one, you kind of jumped everything off. And number two, you came back to throw a punch. You know, that should be grounds for, you know, you know, a heftier fine than what it is. But at the end of the day, you know, the commissioner saw what he wanted to see, uh, understand, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, yeah, I want to say maybe Kiki Vanderwell. I'm not sure, but I know the uh, NBA um, uh, aficionado for the rules or discipline, he was there at the game and saw it. So at the end of the day, you know, that's something that I would do because you want to send a message to the league. 
uh, wide and let them know that, hey, you know, this type of behavior will not be tolerated. And it's been a long time. You know, old school, that would be just, you know, on a day-to-day basis, pretty much in old school basketball. I mean, you, you're going to throw some hands at some point. But now, you know, so it's, it's a different league, different culture. And um, so at the end of the day, but, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people say, well, Chris Paul shouldn't be in that fall because of the fact that, you know, it happened to him. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when you start throwing punches, hey, the rules are the rules. So, you know, his two game, I think it was two or three games. No, I think it was two games. So, you know, you had to give him something. You know, you couldn't let him get off like that. So, but at the end of the day, uh, talking about spitting on people. And, you know, of course, uh, Rajon Rondo was, you know, Rondo said, hey, I didn't do it. You know, that's fine. But like I said, you know, tape don't lie. And at the end of the day, it, you know, it, it is what it is. So, but, um, you know, that's the lowest of the low um, when you're spitting on people. Uh, that's, whew, you know, I had the opportunity to listen to Undisputed and, and listen to Shannon Sharp. And I tell you what, man, that's crazy, you know, the way he was talking about it. You know, he had me rolling. But at the end of the day, it's true. You know, you can't spit on a person and expect no type of, uh, of, um, um, retribution or, you know, retribution or any type of, you know, know, retaliation. You know, I don't know anybody would do, you know, do something like that. So at the end of the day, you know, it's done, it's over with. And my hope is that, you know, uh, Rondo, whether he didn't do it or did, at the end of the day, you know, come to grips, well, they don't have to put it publicly, call, you know, CP, which I understand they got bad blood. So, yeah, that may happen, may not. But at the end of the day, at some point, in the life that he come back and say, hey, you know, that was my bad, you know, my, you know, I apologize for the case may be. It is what it is. Or if he doesn't, hey, that's his prerogative. So at the end of the day, um, I also want to talk a little bit more uh, to the late, the dismissal of Chad Kelly from the Denver Broncos, you know, very ultra talented guy. And, you know, some of the questions I had when I first saw this, um, you know, A, it didn't surprise me because, from what I understand, he was at Clemson. He left Clemson to go to Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and I mean, you know, everywhere he's went, there's been some issues. And, of course, pro- I want to say over the pre-draft process or just after getting drafted, there were some issues going on there as well. But one of the things I always think about is the old school NFL. That way you only heard about football, period. Anything that happened off the field was kept private, uh, and even through the media outlets. Of course, we live in today's world of camera phones. Everybody's trying to get rich quick. People trying to make a fast buck. They're trying to do whatever they can to uh, uh, to gain an upper hand, you know. And it's almost like a crab mentality, you know. They try and find somebody to catch so they can just pull them down. But at the end of the day, we all have to be held accountable for our actions. So with that being said, you know, uh, it was perceived to be, I want to say it was like dealing with, you know, breaking into a house, something like that. And at the end of the day, you know, whether you're making like I said, whether you're making millions of dollars or league minimum doesn't give you a right to be able to behave in a manner which that is um, disrespectful and just, you know, it, you know, nowadays when you're playing, whether it be high school, pop one, it doesn't matter. You know, it used to be a time where you were 
you know, you had to earn things. And to a certain degree, I don't feel that way nowadays because it's, you know, if you're ultra talented, stuff like that, then certain things can be overlooked. But, you know, in this case here with with, uh, Chad Kelly, it's not overlooked. And rightfully so, because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you have issues with, it cannot be uh, swept under the rug. You're representing the Denver Broncos, a Super Bowl winning franchise, John Elway, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Atwater. You know, these are great players who came before you and you're wearing that uniform. People work their fingers to the bone to be able to come and watch you play. And this is the return on the investment that they get. Come on. You know, that's that's a that's a good segment for I mean really. Because I mean at the end of the day, why? It's easy for me to say because hey, that's not me. I'm not in that situation. But at the end of the day, you know, it still baffles me today. Even in the college program, and I'm gonna probably do and do a segment on that as well, is, you know, what really is going on? I mean, you're ultra talented, you're playing a game that over less than what, three percent get to play? and rather focus on being the best quarterback you can be than you taking things to a whole new level off the field. And then on top of that, to be uh, related to a Hall of Fame quarterback who has more strength than anybody that I know of, just, uh, you know, just what he has gone through. And this is how you carry on that name? I don't know. It's... um. You know, it's sad because, you know, he's a talent. He's very talented, as evident. I mean, you don't go to Clemson not being talented. You don't go, I mean, you'll go from the ACC to the SEC, play some great game, play some great ball there, and not have any, you know, you know, talent. Then you finally get drafted. Of course, you get drafted very late because of the character issues, and then, boom, guess what? That same issues get you put off the team. And at the end of the day, there's 30 – one other teams that are going to say, "Hey, no matter if your, no matter if your agent calls, they're going to put the X on it, because they want to have to deal with that. You know, it's a different climate. You know, there are more ramifications behind these things nowadays. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm just to the fans of Denver. Sorry to hear about that. Um, I know you. You know, it was, well, and I saw him play. You know, uh, I saw one of his games. A great, great. I mean, a good quarterback, good, efficient, and effective quarterback, but. You know, when you're, you know, your, your, your talent, you're relying on talent and not character because the character has to go along with it. So, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. So, never keep your head up. This too shall pass. So, all right. Those are my shorts uh, for today. And at the end of the day, guys, uh, from time to time, I will be doing a segment like this that's talking about some current events, different things like that. And so I'm going to end this segment with the LeBron Lakers. Uh, of course, they had a signature win last night. I mean, a signature win. And everybody's talking about, oh, this is snap. Well, one thing I can say is because, A, first of all, and as you know, that I haven't watched any Laker games. And you're like, well, how are you knowing these things? And this is how I know. When you have a team with an ultra superstar like LeBron James, and I've have heard some some different uh, interviews talking about, hey, you know, you know, just taking my time, and hey, you know, understand the plight of the team. 
Well, rest assured that LeBron was given um, some good news from Magic Johnson. And LeBron, being a basketball aficionado, has ultra respect for Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson probably told him, hey, we're going to have to roll with this for right now. And then next year, boom, this is, these are the dominoes that's going to fall, and this is what we're looking at. So now LeBron's just saying, okay, well, hey, let's just get out here and get familiar, get familiarized with each other. And um, I was looking once again at Undisputed. It's one of my favorite shows, like looking at Assassin's first take. And um, Skip Bayless was just talking about Lance Stevenson, Lance Stevenson. Well, Lance Stevenson has been one of the premier players, you know, besides the fact that, you know, the, the – <laughs> the issue with him blowing in LeBron's ear, you know, that situation. But outside of that, um, you know, Lance Stevenson has always been a uh, ultra-talented, you know, uh, basketball player. So that's nothing new. Uh, I believe where the Lakers need to, you know, need to do now is just continue to jail as a unit, knowing what, the, knowing what every player likes to do on the floor, knowing where their sweet spots are, knowing how to be able to, you know, defend. Um, how to, you know, score. And at the end of the day, it takes time. Uh, a lot of people look when they, you know, like, you know, and I'll put myself in the category, you know, which I already knew LeBron was going to LA anyway because, of course, there was some other stuff off the field, off the hard court stuff like, you know, companies, different things he was doing right there. But at the end of the day, once that team gets together and they get jailed right, and they probably maybe one superstar, maybe one or two, I would say another superstar, Plus, a good veteran uh, role player with it, man, they're going to they're gonna be heck to pay. And um, But right now, uh, they're doing what they can. And at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants to place a contender on, you know, on their, you know, on the, the Lakers. But guess what? Eventually, they will get there. Eventually. So, this is your boy, Jay Will, with J&J Sports Nation. Guys, appreciate you. You have a good one.